Okay, now it is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Omaha Talks. I am your co-host, Parker Steele, hanging out with co-host... Brandon Herbal. And tonight, we are joined by Cody, Locked and Loaded Land. Welcome to the show, Cody. What's up, guys? So, uh, Cody is a uh, professional fighter, a uh, personal trainer... And uh, come to be a buddy uh, of ours. I've been training with Cody since, actually, since last April. It's been a while. So, welcome to the show, man. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, Cody Land from Western Nebraska. Um, moved here like eight, nine years ago. Been training that mix for about five, and fighting out of there as well. Yeah. So we're just going to start from the top tonight because I don't think a lot of our listeners really have an idea of um, how mixed martial arts work as a whole, let alone locally. So I just kind of want to take it from the top with you. Okay. So you're from Brady, Nebraska, right outside of North Platte, right? Yeah. Um, Obviously you're doing athletics in high school. You're uh, you were a power lifter. Yep. Yeah. Wrestler, I'm guessing. We didn't have wrestling. We were too small. Ah! <laughs> class D2. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I was top 13 in my class, though. Okay. Out of 13 kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, we did have wrestling. In, um, I wrestled in junior high, but because I was so fat, so fat, I would go to wrestling meets and there wouldn't be somebody in my weight class. So they'd make me wrestle the other fat kid on my own team at the end of the meet. I swear to God, it was the worst. And the other kid, Carson Rowley, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. But so much back knee, like just covered in zits, you know. And like whatever, you're wrestling. It's going to be gross anyway. But it's one thing when you're when, – when your face is just rubbed all up in it, that I gave him almost every match. I was just like, <laughs> let's just get this over with, man. I got nothing to prove to Carson today. So, so you anyway. ended up having to wrestle your own teammate. Own teammate, okay. yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Also, uh, I wrestled in 7th and 8th grade, and wearing a singlet as a you know almost morbidly obese uh, 13-year-old, not fun in the singlet. Not fun. And the fucking singlets for, were from like 1978, so they were just like teeny tiny. It was horrible. So anyway, you didn't wrestle. Never wrestled. But you did probably small town, get into a couple, get into a couple brawls, a couple fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely a lot. And uh, ironically, between my parents, um, my mom didn't necessarily, necessarily promote fighting, but sure, you didn't take any shit. Sure. Was, a, was our motto at home. So Right. Um, and just make sure it's off school grounds. Right. So, and I think that's kind of, that might shock people to hear, you know, but that that's just how small towns work, man. It just, it happens. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah. And especially, I feel like, you know, our age group, you're, you're what, 30, 29? 29. 29. Yeah. Uh, in the 90s, a little different. Yeah. Little different than it was now, you know. It was like, just take care of it, you know. Again, like you said, off school grounds don't get suspended or whatever. Um, so when when was it that you you know realized like I'm kind of good at this? I could maybe do something with this. Um, I got in a couple fist fights, and then kind of how my school and even what's crazy is, is my little brother. He is uh, 
22 now. Um, so even his age group, and I think it's just a small town thing. So <clears throat> instead of actually getting in bare knuckle fist fights to handle stuff, we would go downstairs in a basement and we had the size of a boxing ring chalked out on concrete floor. We'd throw mouth guards in and boxing gloves in and square up Okay. And do actual timed rounds. And if you had beef with somebody, that's kind of how you settled it. That's beautiful. And it was like that in Grand Island too. I remember there, there was a, couple a little fights. bit of time where yeah it was well, yeah you guys had the there. quintanas too right do you recognize that name no oh that's in like the no. carney grand island area that's a boxing family brandon and i weren't paying attention to too much <laughs> we were, i was we trying were. to like meet chicks and like i don't know yeah i mean I, I i i got into into fights and it was always just kind of a a one and done you know I, like because i hated it it was it was always <clears throat> i don't know I mean, I thank God got away. I didn't come away with any major injuries or anything. You know, it was just a little sketchy. You know, but um, I think that's great, especially with gloves on. You know, and especially with a bunch of people around. So it's like if a guy falls down and hits his head, we have witnesses. Yeah. Well, not exactly what I was going to say. What I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, yeah, witnesses. People is might be like, "Hey, get it, him yes. up." He's yeah. done. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, like there were a couple fights. He might be dead. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he might yeah. be. I mean, it was Don't concrete. call his mom. There was totally no padding whatsoever right. besides the gloves. That was about all we had going on padding-wise. Oh, my God. I was on YouTube for a little while with these basement boxing matches. Oh, wow. Um, Old YouTube. Yeah. When YouTube was YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And, uh, back in the day, but my buddies took it down after I actually started doing well. Right. fighting just okay. so I didn't look like that jackass. <laughs> yeah. right. So you, you moved to Omaha. Um, and then like, when did you start actually like getting paid to do this? Like, how did that, how did that happen? So, um, timeline wise, I, I took a couple fights mostly cause my buddies and just kind of the basement boxing people that I was associated with from mm. high school kind of dared me like, Hey man, there's a, some fights in Kearney. Um, I fought my first fight at the Viero Event Center. Okay. Um, fight a, night? Yeah. Yeah. It was like Viero Event Center fight night, uh, tri-state cage fighting. Okay. Um, it's my first amateur fight. I lost, got my ass kicked. And uh, it was against a kid that had been training. He's actually from North Platte. Um, he had been training for a year or two. And then I did not train at a sure. formal gym. I went and bought a boxing heavy bag at the... Um, local like sporting goods store and uh i lived in hastings at the time okay and so most of my fight career was in and has been out of hastings originally and then through the grapevine i met some people and we started our own gym hard knocks gym in hastings and so i trained out of there for probably my first i would say 25 30 of my fights okay um I grew up in Hastings, so do you yeah. know uh, James Schulte? Schulte? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like Tanner Zato. I know Tanner, yeah. yeah. So they used to train at go. Hard Knocks. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, those are my old school. Like I, Tanner lived with his aunt in high school. Actually, before high school. We were in like middle school or freshman year. Um, someone, his uncle or someone bought him a car. But basically, long story short, um, we would like sleep in his car and then like drive it when his aunt fell asleep when we were like 15 we weren't even like driving age and like yeah tanner and james 
<clears throat> used to hang out with him like hardcore back in the day. But I knew that they got into it for a little bit. I know James Schulte, I think, had fought a few uh, yeah. MMA fights back. So yeah, in the that day. was a, that was that was my gym. Okay, was, and I was like one of the original, like and like legit man. We just started with some high school donated a wrestling mat to our gym, and cool. then none of us really knew what we were doing. Right. Um, Chad Obermiller, I guess, was one of my coaches slash training partner. He'd been training at a different gym for a little while. He wrestled, what is it, Colby, Kansas? What's that gym? Or not gym, school, college. No idea. He wrestled in college for a little bit. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, like, that was the most formal. And then one of my other workout training partners was, like, a little 15-year-old kid. And that's how I started, man. And that is like grassroots as that sounds. I turned pro at 19 or 20 and I was undefeated. And then um, there's a company called Titan Fighting Championships. That Mm -hmm. was my first like, holy shit, this kid made it. I fought on national TV and uh, I lost. But I mean, for me coming from a super small gym and literally we just had a wrestling mat in our gym. Right. (laughs) You know, so. I think that kind of speaks to just like raw talent versus trained you know because not everybody could do that man i'm sure you know that yeah you know i can appreciate that definitely definitely the bad part about even and i think it's any sport but the bad part about mma is everybody sees the wins and losses and they don't see the in between and what got you where you're at right and that's the thing that like i think really matters because i can have an awesome record but I'm at the expensive gym and I have the expensive coaches and a nutritionist. The and all staff. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To take right. care of me and all that stuff. And they didn't see like I was going to school full time at the time. Oh, I was, yeah. Had a full time job at Pizza Hut. Right. You know? right, right. <laughs> and, uh, like, and trying to cut weight while you're working at a fast food. There place are people the watching this, your fight on national television being like, didn't that guy drop a pizza off here like three <laughs> days ago? You know? Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's about as grassroots as it gets, man. So you're doing this thing in Hastings and, um, yeah, keep going. I mean, what, um, so, I mean, we got to a point where, um, my record was super impressive and then lost a couple fights I probably shouldn't have. And that was when, um, kind of my, my more or less started out as coaches who ended up being more teammate like just mm-hmm. such a small gym we all just took care of each other and ran the show i don't know how many fights i've cornered and i don't ever consider myself a coach right um but was because we were all just by proxy you're yeah. there so you yeah go, so you're yeah. cornering your teammate or you're taping them up and all that stuff um you know through that they were like hey dude you need to leave right move to omaha right so, so it was kind of at the behest of your quote-unquote teammates they're just like hey <laughs> you, yeah man you got so, something. and so, yeah. so did you just move to hastings because it was just i mean closer to where you were i mean <laughs> i mean no like honest, carney and hastings yeah i mean i don't know we're from the, central nebraska yeah, that's I mean, what you do i grew right? up in hastings yeah. in grand island so right. i mean yeah. there's only a handful of places right. where you can i go. wanted to be far enough away from mom and dad that they couldn't run try and run my life right but close enough if i needed something they could come to me or i could come to them that's why i'm Perfect. in doma yeah. I mean, that's exactly, exactly if that. i'm being a hundred percent honest back in the day when youtube was youtube mm-hmm. when i was getting ready to move like away from mom and dad and i was 17 years old um the i looked up on youtube mma fights nebraska and hastings popped up and it was like and this is like when MMA was really gnarly and there wasn't, there wasn't a state commission and right. stuff like that. 
and uh, they had fights in a uh, dog kennel. Oh Jesus! Um, so like they threw up the the chain link of a dog kennel, you know, like the big outdoor ones, mm-hmm. and uh, put it around a boxing ring. And I don't know what the company was. I can't remember, but I remember seeing that, and it was in Hastings, and it was in one of the auditoriums there. Oh, I was like. Sweet. That's where MMA is in Nebraska, which right. I was totally wrong. Right. But uh, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's what I remember seeing my friends from middle school and like growing up and seeing it on like yeah Facebook and whatever right. my, MySpace or whatever like MMA. It was in Hastings and it was at the auditorium downtown. I'm assuming that's the one yeah. you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, man, you know, that's so interesting because I feel like that was in the period of. Um, more specifically with like the UFC where it was still kind of in that weird area. It was popular, but it was kind of a cult following thing. You know, it wasn't like it is nowhere near like it is now. If you were into fighting, you probably followed it, but right, if you weren't, right. you knew nothing, nothing about, about it, it yeah. you know? This, so, so I can't blame you for that. So, so they tell you, they're like, dude, get out of Hastings, go right. to Omaha, go do something. So what started is, is there's, um, so like it's uh, Dynasty Combat Sports now. Um, Phil and Train are their names. They run it. Um, they had run a management company called Disorderly Conduct. And um, so with these guys, they had watched me fight a few times. And this is like back in my amateur days. And we met them at uh, Jack Daddy's Bar and Grill in Council Bluffs. Um, I got like 48 hours notice. The promoter called me. Hey, I was like two and two was my record. I only had like four MMA fights. Okay. I lost my first two fights, won my third one. And then the promoter was just was like, hey, so somebody backed out of my title fight. Do you want a title shot? You got to make this wait. And uh, uh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, went, beat the dude in like a minute two minutes beat the champion in a couple minutes on a couple days notice and then that's when i met training phil okay. and then we kind of let them run my career from there when we needed them to you know what i mean for the most part i just fought a ton and like back then commission was in nebraska but we didn't have commission in south dakota or iowa okay so i fought every weekend oh wow so at like 18 19 20 i was fighting every weekend and uh and we're talking like you just showed up with your trunks in your mouth guard and fought whoever wanted to fight you if you were out of state damn and are we talking four ounce gloves yeah just regular mma gloves okay um and then uh yeah and you fought whoever wanted to fight you too as long as it was within like 10 15 pounds and i've told you the stories too just us bs and in sessions like um there was one time i showed up and i'll be real i came in heavy to what we agreed on but it was like a eight hour drive into Iowa. And I just told the promoter like, Hey, tell the kid I am not cutting weight for this eight hour drive. Right. Um, I'm going to be heavy. This isn't a title fight. Like, like um, how heavy are we talking? Three pounds. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. And like for me in that era that we were catching the tail end of, cause everything's strict now. And as long as you're in not on sovereign ground. Right. Right. Um, everything's super strict and you have to be on weight and all that good stuff. But back then it was just like, whatever, you know, you're fighting whoever. And that's my favorite story as an amateur is because we showed up, this dude didn't was bitching about three pounds and didn't want to fight me. So then we're standing in the fighter meeting because they were doing day of weigh-ins and then you fought that same night. 
only dude in the room that raised his hand that wanted to fight me was a 170 pounder. And so oh. I ended up fighting the 170 pounder. Now, those of you that can cannot see this, Cody doesn't walk around at 170 pounds. I mean, I do right now, <laughs> but I didn't then. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Because that's actually, that is what you, are, do you, you fight at 160? I fight, this This next fight is at 150. We're doing a catch 150, weight. okay, okay. Yep. But yeah, so I was fighting 135 at the time. Holy I'm like, shit. I'm like fresh out of high school. Right. You know, weighing 150 pounds soaking wet kind of deal. So you fight a 170-pound guy yeah. out of the gate. Which, by the way, dude that's bitching about the three-pound difference must not have wanted to fight that bad. Right. Yeah, that was my thoughts. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that was when, like, that was back when I, I missed those days. Right. Because, honestly, nobody was worried about the records. Nobody was worried about who's fighting who. Just everybody showed up. Wanted to get in there and yeah. do and something. I, you obviously wanted to get in there and do something because you didn't really care if the dude had 10 pounds on you or not. Right. Uh, and I think that the sport in itself locally especially has, like, fell away from that for sure. Well, that – I mean, honestly, man, that speaks to, like, the – the uh, where the UFC kind of started from, really. I mean, because, you know, I watch those – I'm not big into sports, um, team sports and stuff, but as a kid, I would rent the UFC, uh, the original fights, they're on videotape. You can rent them from the video store. I rented all of them. And that's what was interesting about it because you would have like a 300 pound guy versus 160 pound, you know, Hoist Gracie, you know, right. and he would win. So right. it was it was interesting. And it was just like, that's, I, I feel like that's what made it almost kind of like a freak show of a sport because it was just like, you didn't know what was going to happen when you saw these two guys, you know, you could easily look at it, you know, and be like, Oh, well, obviously the big guy's going to win. No, <laughs> not at all. Sometimes. Sure. But, um, so I kind of get that. I, I get what you're saying like that. Like maybe now it's become a little too hung up on divisions and, and you know, right. Like, right. So let me ask you this. Do you see any possibility of like, what if a promotional company or somebody came along and just said, nope, free for all? Would the commission come in and say, no, we can't do that. Somebody's going to die or whatever. So not a lot of people know this, but the head commissioner that we have right now um, has like a thousand MMA fights. Oh, and he's really? he's like everybody. And that's like, if you go look him up, his name's Brian Dunn. And if, oh, you're, oh, if okay. you're listening to this, what's up, Brian Dunn? <laughs> uh, they used to call him Voodoo. Okay. Um, and this, like, because, like, looking at him now, and this isn't me running my mouth since he probably judges. You he might be him. judging my fight. <laughs> no, I couldn't <laughs> take him. Looking at, looking at his record, man, like, there's names on there. And yeah. that's what's funny is a lot of people don't know that back in the day, like, some of the dudes that were showing up to the fights and some of these cage fights and stuff were the big names that you have too. seen on the posters. Sure. You know, not anymore now. Right. Obviously. But some but, of those guys are wearing suits now. And yeah. And them. helping the UFC or, or, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And right. like, uh, especially locally, like the, all the militage guys were fighting, you know, in Omaha and some okay. of the dudes, you know, some of the Iowa places. And, and so, you know, I don't personally, I don't know how Dunn would feel about like a free for all weight classes. But I do know that the like one fighting championship. There's a couple other promotions that are doing like open weight, and I know in jujitsu tournaments they do open weight too. Like, yeah, um, which I think is cool. Yeah, I mean it's 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 to the heart of 
like what you were saying. It's, right. It uh, reaches to the roots of the sport itself, so it kind of shows like my martial arts are, and my technique is so good. It doesn't matter if the dude's three hundred pounds or one hundred and fifty. Exactly, and I mean, and and also like uh, really put Brazilian jiu-jitsu on the map as being the most effective martial art because I, you know, watching that stuff in the nineties as a, as a little kid and being like, who is this Brazilian dude wearing a karate gi? You know, what is this? I had no idea. Never in a million years thought I would learn how to do it, you know? And, uh, and, uh, really does kind of speak to the effectiveness of, <laughs> of the jujitsu because you had this, you know, 160, 170 pound guy taking this giant tournament. Very interesting. So anyway, um, so you're succeeding, you're making a name for yourself. People are starting to notice, oh, this dude drove eight hours ready to rock, you know, and you're honest about your not cutting weight, you know, which I yeah. think I, I, I'm pretty sure people could probably appreciate that. They're like, oh, this guy, you know, he's not bullshitting or whatever, you know, he's yeah, not I playing didn't act games. like I was going to come in and show exactly. Like, I was like, and then yeah. be disappointed and be like, well, I guess I'll drive home, right? You know, no. or whatever. I sold a couple of tables, like we had a there huge fan group and. I was like, I'm fighting tonight one yeah. way or another. Yeah. There's a good, like, 20 people here to see me in this podunk Iowa town. Right, right. You know? So, like, I was fighting one way or another, whether it was me going up a weight class or fighting somebody from the crowd, right. I guess. Yeah. So, so so what happens next? How does it, how does um, this progress? Straight up, dude, we touched glove. Dude socked me, and I felt all 170 pounds, so I double-legged him, and then it went from there, and I just TKO'd him. Yeah. So, um yeah, and I just used some wrestling and then a little bit of jiu-jitsu and then got mount and finished the fight there. It was, it was a quick fight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, that was this pretty sweet eight-hour drive home. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Know? A good, like, one-minute fight for an eight-hour drive. Because that would be a rough drive, you yeah, know, yeah. It, like, yeah. with a concussion or whatever, just like, <laughs> fuck. I've had a couple of those, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you come back. Uh, I'm assuming that definitely um, people became a little bit more aware of who Cody Land is, and you're doing this stuff. So, what happens next, career-wise? Like, what? Um, just I had 21 amateur fights. I held like three belts for three different companies at one point in time, um, and then it just was like, why am I doing this shit for free? Yeah. And then so then I turned pro. I fought at the Pershing. For my pro debut, I was 19. That was in 2011. So this has all happened before you're no, 20 I was years 20. old. I was okay. 20, Still. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just freshly 20. And then, um, Jesus. yeah, turned pro. Made I feel like the only, we haven't talked about Lincoln. I mean, is is it big in Lincoln? I mean. They got a good gym now. It's called Lincoln BJJ. Um, at the time. I can't remember what the gym was called. I think it was, they called it like Lincoln MMA or Lincoln, it was Team Viper. I don't remember what the gym, they called it themselves, but um, at that time it started to grow there. Um, there wasn't a lot going on. I mean, yeah. we had like obviously McDoyle's, there was Premier, um, there was Mama's, and that was all the Eastern Nebraska gyms, but Western Nebraska, man, there was not a thing. Right. Um, my, I guess, formal first coach, Kelly Wiseman, um, he uh, he ran a gym in North Platte, and that's one of the things. Like, if we would talk about, you know, talk about my upcoming fight, Anthony and 
you know, we're the same age. He's 29. Um, he fought when he was 15 years old. And this is back when there's no commission. So, right. Um, yeah, that was his first coach. Was so definitely Kelly. a peer of yours. This is kind yeah. of a full circle kind of event. Right. Here. Yeah. And, uh, and so like Kelly was my first formal coach, so to speak, when it involved MMA or Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu. And, uh, he was a military guy. So, I mean, it's crazy about like how full circle it was. Right. I mean, um, when I was in high school, I knew that there was a gym in North Platte. Um, just my parents wouldn't sign the waiver to let me go train there. Sure. Was the problem. Otherwise, I already would have, you know, been in it. Yeah, been in it at that age. Um, well, as a parent, you know, they're like, "You want to do what? <laughs> no." Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So how I mean, far was it from North Platte? Like, does that mean is it super close or? For me, yeah, Brady's like. 20 minutes drive. 20 minutes, okay. that, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't be like it would be a huge hassle for my parents. Yeah. They could make that the grocery shopping night, and I could drop me off at the gym and go do grocery shopping. It's just they didn't want me to do it. And that right. was that was an issue that I ran into after high school, too, because it was a problem. And um, I think my – not necessarily my whole family. Like, my brothers were super supportive all the way through. But uh, mom and dad came around um, after I fought on TV. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Right. Um, I got sponsored by Everlast at the time. Uh, you know, wow. had some big, big names under my belt for that sense of like looking like hot shot. A professional. Yeah. 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 Do yeah. they still live there in Brady? Yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of family still in Brady. Um, and then my mom lives in Gothenburg, which is right, right there. Oh yeah. Oh, um, family owns a ranch in Maxwell, which is like, it's Brady Maxwell ish. It's in yeah. the country. Um, and then my little brother lives in North Platte. So, I mean, we're all kind of like scattered around in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then my older brother lives in Kearney. So we're kind of, I got a lot of family scattered all over central and western Nebraska for sure. For sure. But yeah, man. Then just came to Omaha, trained, and I trained at Premier originally um, for a while. Uh, that's Premier Combat Center, which is still up and going. I mean, they still do a lot of stuff. Yeah, they get a I lot of tell. fighters yeah. killing it, too. I right. mean, for the most part, um, just looking at it as a whole, uh, we've slowed down a little bit on pumping out fighters. Um, and I think it just comes with the territory of fighting. Like, not everybody. Um, with it becoming more mainstream, I feel like people are like, oh, I'm going to go to the fight gym and get in sh- fight shape. Yeah. They don't want to fight. Right. Um, so I feel like that's, that's what something. I'm doing right now. Well, I was going to say, you got, you got two 35 year olds. You don't know like, what we're capable of. Uh, I've only went to one 45 minute session with him, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get in there. Um, yeah. No, I, the, I, I see it coming up though. And I know we've talked about this uh, at the gym, like with how popular the UFC is right now. Like I just, I think that's definitely going to breed a new generation, you know, I mean, uh, of kids, 20 something, you know, whatever, you know, I'm going to college. I don't have, I'm, I'm not into anything else, but I'm into the UFC. I want to commit, you know, like, like a young, I see that definitely happening because it's huge right now, arguably right. bigger than it's ever been, you well, know? Well, then you get the dads too. And this is just like right I here. told you, I had a 15 year old training partner. Um, right. He, uh, his dad like boxed and just was OG, you know? Mm-hmm. And I uh, was like, 
yeah, you want to be in the UFC? Cool. I support you. You're going to be a wrestler. And then when you're old enough, you're going to, and like, you know, before commission, the, I know a couple kids, Caleb Nugent was his name, was my training partner. And then Nate Morrow, um, they're not kids anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously. Um, but they were fighting at 15 years old and we're right. talking MMA fights and like, we can argue whether that's right or wrong, whether a 15 year old kid should be squaring up, but they were fighting grown men. Wow. Yeah. So like me, Jesus, I'm not a parent. Um, I don't want my kid fighting a grown man, but I can promise you that there weren't any tougher 15 year olds. <laughs> I believe it. And that's because well, I was sparring with those kids. <laughs> I was going to say the fact that they even showed up tells right. you a lot of what's going on there you right. know i mean because i don't think any kid that that was any less qualified would even be in the ring doing it you know right showing up to right. get their asses kicked um but i foresee that happening is where you're gonna see not necessarily kids competing in mma or anything like that they'll probably do jiu-jitsu and boxing and stuff like that but like yeah you think about it man like eight-year-olds wrestling eight years old yeah get put in like peewee wrestling oh yeah or whatever they call it oh for sure and uh I foresee that being a thing and then like you know the dads being either former fighters or wrestlers or whatever where they're like yeah cool he seems like he likes it we'll put him in a boxing class and we get it all the time man like I have a 10 year old kid that I train and originally he started because he was getting bullied because he's chubby you know and uh so he started boxing and worked with me for a couple months and then he beat up his bully <laughs> yeah so I mean which <laughs> I what what is the age limit on it I mean or is there an age limit um like for our gym we like if you're a mature 10 year old you can hop in on the beginners boxing class um <clears throat> me personally like if it I um uh, like my girlfriend has a daughter and she's nine and I hold pads for her and um she does pretty well it's one of those things that you just have to know how to work with kids but mm -hmm. um we had a kids class. We're actually working on a kids class currently. They're going to be doing like Taekwondo, and uh, not just any Taekwondo. And it's not just any Taekwondo. Well, see, I love it because I have an eight and a ten year old, and I both like Van and Rilo should yeah. like, learn to come, kick some come see us, man. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. Scott Thompson Taekwondo, which ain't no BS no, buying belts kind of crap. Your kid's no. actually going to earn and learn like martial arts instead of being like. $70 and I'll give you your yellow belt, right. you know, yeah. like Not, no McDojo going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I did Taekwondo as a kid and loved it, <clears throat> but kind of fell, this is in Grand Island and kind of fell into the McDojo thing and kind of figured it out. At a like young my age, mom and like, I were like, this is kind of bullshit. It, and it really was. And it was expensive and it was just kind of pay to play. And it wasn't even really because I too was like dealing with, uh, whatever bullying and fights and stuff. And I'm like, why is it that every time I get into a, a playground fight, none of this Taekwondo shit is helping me at all. Right, right. None of it is helping me at all. Like a boxing class would have been way more beneficial. So I switched schools, start going to a little more hardcore. It was a UTA and uh, start training with this guy. I, dude, master Ray, this dude, like it's it's a cartoon i swear to god i can't i can't believe i've never told you the story master ray was just like oh yeah i'm gonna teach you how to do this and like was having me hit the heavy bag bare knuckle until i would like bleed and he was like and then you're done which is pretty fucking dangerous yeah. you know what i mean but i loved it because it was like real deal 
whatever. Like this is this is how you do it. So I go home and I'm like, Mom, check out these bloody knuckles. This is badass. She was like, Oh, what was that guy's name again? I'm like, Master Ray. She's like, You're never talking to Master Ray ever again. So that was the end of my martial arts career as a child. So anyway, this stuff that's going down at McDoyle's gym. If you're a parent and you have a kid that's interested in learning martial arts. First off, Scott Thompson, great guy. I'm going to divert for just a second. <laughs> great guy. Um, and his martial arts is real. It's not beat him up by any means. Like, you know, it's not super aggro, but it was. it's definitely, like, effective. It's stuff that if in, if in some kind of a situation, they're teaching how to handle said situation as opposed to give us 90 bucks a month, we'll give you a purple belt kind of deal. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a little plug there. You know, <laughs> I worked with Scott recently, and, and I can't say enough good things about it. So anyway, back to your story. So you're let, – let's, let's move up to what, you know, uh, I would say kind of a, a big deal, uh, the UFC. You're, you're, you cross paths with, uh, with the ultimate fighter. Yeah, so I was 8-2 and two at the time. So eight wins, two losses as a professional, and that was roughly right when I moved to Omaha. Um, there was it got put out there like, hey, they're doing the tryouts for 135, and that was the pro weight class that I was fighting at at the moment. Um, and then just went went to check it out in Vegas. Um, we did it's crazy how they do it and then i think the ultimate fighters changed it's more about who you know now um they don't really do the ultimate fighter the same way that they used to um but the tryouts you go and do a personality test hmm. um you go and uh you go and grapple and then you do striking um i went out there by myself and then with with my old coach and teammate um obi and uh, he came out there with me, and, like, I went and grappled, and I choked the shit out of some Brazilian dude. They didn't make me do the uh, didn't make me do the striking, and they sat me in a chair, and I got interviewed by a bunch of UFC bigwigs, and they were like, cool, we'll see you tomorrow. And that was like, hey, you made it. Yeah. And then um, stayed for a couple more, like uh, another week, I think it was. And then, like, I got per diem and got a free hotel room right off the strip and uh, just went through a bunch of interview processes, got an MRI, got a physical drug test, all the UFC stuff, um, and then pretty much hung out with the whole crew of people that were on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and then I got flown back, and they're like, we'll call you. So they paid for all this medical stuff, but I hadn't even made the show yet, hmm. which is pretty gnarly. But... Um, so then got a phone call. Somebody broke their hand or something or didn't want to be on ultimate fighter. Um, I had gotten told that I was cut by my manager. So I ate my feelings and mm -hmm. then this is the most crazy weight cut that I ever did. I got a phone call from one of the producers and they're like, Hey, if you can make one thirty Friday, one thirty five by Friday, we'll, uh, you might be fighting on the ultimate fighter. And I was like 165. Oh my God. And so I cut 30 pounds in a week because the UFC Jesus. called me. And uh, I would have made weight. They never oh. set me on the scale because they didn't need me. Um, but I got paid like I fought. So as an alternate, you know, technically. But if you like 
do some screen freezes and stuff on the first episode of season 18. I'm sitting right behind Dominic Cruz and hanging out with Uriah Faber and them. Okay. And, you know, I sat around and talked to Dana White, talked to Sean Shelby, and, you know, got to meet everybody in person, which is back then was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, huge thought, deal. I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. And they just said, just keep fighting, man. You're doing well. Um, and you're what, like 21, 22 at this yeah, point? Yeah, I was doing like 22. Yeah. Um, so still just the kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's just really cool. My biggest thing is I regret even getting on that show or even making it that far. Cause after that, it was just like, nobody wanted to fight mm. locally. I was like the clean cut, pretty kid. I didn't have a ton of tattoos then. So everybody thought that I was just some young little pup that couldn't fight. He's a and, TV, he's a TV guy. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know. And then after the show, it was just rough finding fights. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, man, uh, lost a couple fights at 135, and uh, I made the mistake. Um, we dropped. I dropped to 125, wow. and just should not have been fighting 125. Wow. And I fought 125 for a few years. Changed gyms, came to mix, fought a couple fights out of mix at 125. Um, and you know, I won a couple times at 125, but most of my losses have been at weight classes. I just shouldn't have been fighting at right. and, um, physically. And I have a nutrition certification. Like I know my, I know my shit, you know, yeah. I'm a personal trainer. And, uh, you know, after a while it just was like, wow, man, like when you, for people that have cut weight before <laughs> and can understand where you're at mentally, when you hit that point of where you like. I looked like I needed a cheeseburger. Like any time yeah. that I stepped on the scale, it looked like Sarah McLaughlin should have been playing in the background. You know, <laughs> oh, so like, oh, give this no. kid some food. Oh, so, no. um, so yeah. So, I mean, I just, just bad choices. Yeah. Um, shouldn't have been fighting 125, but. So kind of going back to, uh, mix, uh, and again, I don't think most Omaha talks listeners probably have a good idea who Mick Doyle is. Uh, pretty world-class uh, athlete, uh, coach, uh, was a coach of Houston Alexander for a long time, was the head coach for the Olympic, U.S. Olympic Muay Thai team for how many years, was a number one ranked Muay Thai fighter. In the world. In the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, for a while. Yeah. Um, Two-time world champion. In a time that, you know, I mean, you had to – you have to fight to get to that rank any, any time, but this is in a time before TV was looking at it or before, you know, social media or whatever, you know, right, it was right. like real, real deal. Um, so anyway, um, how did you, how did you get involved with Mick? I mean, did, did he approach you? Did you reach out to him? How did that happen? Um, I reached out to them and just okay. was like, Hey, I need to change the scenery. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I showed up at the gym at 5.00 AM got welcomed with open arms and puked my guts out the first day because okay. the team training there is like was on a whole nother level yeah compared to what i was doing and uh yeah just been there since then yeah and loved it um mix retired now um so we kind of just take care of each other and coach each other in that sense and then you know he'll watch and he grooms and where he needs to and uh you know i'm kind of coaching now I have some clients that, you know, we've even talked about you competing in jujitsu and obviously I'd sit on the end of the match and, or the end of the mat and help you through your match if I needed to. But, you know, like this weekend we got, um, 
one of my, I could say my students since I've kind of coached him. And then uh, one of my teammates um, fighting this weekend in the fights, and I'll be in their corners and corner them, taping them up, all that good stuff. So Shout out Josh Kreishi. Yep. Yeah. Josh Kreishi. And then um, uh, Noah Kelly is kind of my client and student or, you know, kid that I'm working with. It's his first MMA fight, so that'll be good. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. And then we got another kid um, fighting two weeks after that's I'm coaching. John Bell, and he's fighting in Syracuse, Nebraska, okay. on the next Dynasty card there. So yeah, so it's we're getting busy. We got some young guys coming in, kind of yeah. like what we talked about. It's just kind of that turning point where the younger generation is coming in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, if anybody listening is interested, all these fights. This is uh, put on by Dynasty. Uh, today is February thirteenth. Um, so we'll probably put this up on Saturday, and that that'll be uh, this week, the fifteenth. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Dynasty Combat Sports. So Google that and check that out if you're interested. Uh, so I, I mean, <clears throat> what's kind of interesting about you know your come up for me as far as like fighting and stuff is you know it's interesting that after you have this brush in with uh, the UFC and like you're doing stuff that a lot of guys, I mean, people would kill to be in your shoes at that point, and you at this like after that now you start training with a world-class you know coach athlete you know mcdoyle came after the fact so how did that change your style as a fighter i mean did that i mean it, it had to have like sharpened you up a little bit training with him i mean as far as like the muay thai and the jiu-jitsu because mick is a he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well i mean pretty yeah well i would rounded. say i would say and i and i Anybody that watches any of my fights wouldn't think that I've cleaned anything up, but <laughs> uh, striking's definitely has never been one of my strong suits, um, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, just cleaning stuff up, that yeah. and learning, and I and I feel like Mick has said this before too, is where he realized, and him being, you know, a master trainer himself and ha having all of his personal training under his belt that he has, you know, he realized that he overdid it as a fighter training wise. Cause it was like, we're pressing the pedal to the metal all the time. And yeah. that's how injuries happen. So like, right. I can get in great fight shape in a fight camp and, or be in shape come fight time and all that stuff without having to do some of the crazy stuff. Some of these dudes do, cause I have someone educated right in my corner right. you know, telling me what I need to do when to back off yeah when, or you when need to push to. harder sure. like hey i need you to see you doing this more or, or whatever so i've like after the fact man like you know obviously we can wish and all that we want in one hand right but, right um you know i'm happy with where my career's been at and and i mean i've fought so many times for my age and uh this will be like my 55th fight if you count professional boxing too um so um like i said man we fought every weekend and yeah. so um some of the stuff that's online like says what my record is as an amateur that's there's way more fights than that right it's not registered because it wasn't in a sanctioned state right right yeah it's <laughs> and we were fighting on indian reservations and all sorts of crazy stuff back in the day so well man that uh so you've got a fight in march talked about a little bit earlier uh the full circle event yeah. in north platte tell us a little bit about that um so anthony cox is my opponent we actually were teammates in hastings 
like I said, he's from North Platte originally. He fought when he was 15 uh, in North Platte back in the day. Uh, his his first coach was Kelly Wiseman. My first coach was Kelly Wiseman. Just a big full circle thing. Dude. This is a movie, folks. I mean, this is this is straight up like, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, dude. Dude's, dude's really good. He's a good dude. Like, yeah. Like our fight poster, he's smiling. You right. Know? And it's we weren't even actually squaring off. You know, it's photoshopped all that good stuff. It's right. Taken from a different fight poster, but uh, like after he messaged me after the promoter was like, "Hey, you want to fight Anthony?" I was like, "Sure. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, if it's gonna give you guys a main event, like let's do it." He messaged me that night and he's like, hey, did Ryan message you? And I was like, yeah, you cool with it? He's like, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, let's cool. do it. Cool. And that that was that. And then um, I had just made t-shirts, so I have some extra t-shirts sitting around. I was like, hey, dude, you want to wear my t-shirt at Wayans? And so <laughs> we agreed that he's he's going to try and scrounge up one of his old fight shirts and we'll wear them at Wayans. I love the dude. Um, he's a good guy. We were teammates for a while in Hastings, too, because he was there. Life brought him to Hastings for some reason. And, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. You know, it is just is what it is. We're going to fight. We like getting paid to fight fe- fight people. So. And the fights, it's in North Platte. DNN March, Event Center, March 21st. March 21st. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, it's on streaming pay-per-view on fight.tv or something like that. There you go. Um, so Perfect. If you and can't make it, you we can should go down it. there. I mean, well, I'll, you'll have a wee, yeah, little, a little tiny wee. guy. Maybe I'll just bring him. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> NASCAR headphones yeah. on him, man. I've seen yeah. it before. Yeah, I got a buddy Weaver. He's got a son, his son Ronan, and that's what they did. Well, see, my two-year-old, we go to his his cousin's wrestling tournaments, and he is locked in. This dude doesn't sit still for anything because we wrestle around at home, you know, and he sees his older cousin doing it and he is just in it. I'm like, yeah, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to even know what his pops is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I think that's great. You know, anybody that's listening, check that out. You can check out uh, Cody's uh, on Instagram, Facebook. You're Cody Land MMA, I think, yeah, on Instagram. On Instagram yeah. yeah, check that out. Um, uh, so kind of going back to talking about Mick Doyle. So I've been hanging out there, uh, for about a year, a year in April, uh, lost a ton of weight, definitely always been interested in, in martial arts and, and, and just working out, but it totally got away from me, man. And you turn, you get in your early thirties and it's like, whew, what's going on? When Brandon and I started this podcast, we were both almost plus 40 pounds. We were a couple of fat fucks. Both of us. I was 235 <laughs> and now I'm at 185 like 183. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like 225, you know, and he started doing the fitness thing. And I said, I was like, I think I'm going to go to this martial arts gym. He's been talking about it. it. Yeah. But I said, (laughs) I don't want to go in there this out of shape. So I did, I took like a few months where I was just like, I'm going to hit cardiovascular, like, because I didn't want to go in there and like pass out and throw up all over myself and die. I can appreciate that because I wouldn't want to give you mouth to mouth. Right, right. No, you wouldn't because there'd be puke all over it. You know what I mean? I mean, it'd be horrible um, for a multitude of reasons. So uh, going into it, like I, I could see why, um, you know, people would have reservations about going into a gym. Like you hear like, oh, it's an MMA gym. It's a fighter gym. I can tell, you know, I can testify firsthand, like, it is, it's, it's the antithesis of, of, uh, macho shit. I, I've never really experienced, um, 
you know, like the macho, scary, tough guy bullshit. Like it, it couldn't be the opposite, you know, everything. I mean, obviously we're sitting here talking to Cody, like he doesn't sound like he's going to fucking uh, throw us off a roof at the end of the interview. Could. You know what I mean? He could, he could, if you wanted to. <laughs> but that, you yeah. know, it, so, um, I would recommend to anybody listening, if you're interested in, in, in something new or just, it's not even about training to be, you know, to, to get in the ring with somebody. If you just want to like mix up your workout, you're tired of going to the gym by yourself. You want, um, you know, it, it's like a body tune up. I call it because it's not just, being on an elliptical. It's not just going to a yoga class. It's not just lifting weights. It's a dynamic workout where you're going to do stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else than you are in a fighting gym. That's just, mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at, um, I mean, to be kind of, kind of goofy cliche, look at the movie Rocky. Okay. Everybody's seen Rocky, you know, uh, the, the guy wasn't in the gym, like, maxing out his bench press every Sunday, you right. know, that's not what it's about. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's movements. It's using your entire body to do stuff that is going to tone you up and get you in shape faster than anything. It's hard. It's super hard. It's, it's not an easy thing, but as far as keeping you entertained and it being challenging, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, it's kind of unfair because I'm already kind of into it, but I think it's entertaining because you, you don't get, it's not a monotonous workout. It's not like going to, um, lift three sets, of 12 and, and, and then being done. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even, and I only did that one session. And honestly, like not only was Cody like totally understanding that I was not uh, very good at hand and eye coordination, but right. it was like a great workout and I felt amazing. Like it was yeah. like, it was just a great experience. I just think it's yeah. a lot more fun than throwing somebody on a treadmill, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Well, man, and you go to and, – and I go to gyms and do that stuff, too. But as far as, like, a routine, it's just like you're just staring at a TV, watching the clock, get waiting to be done. You know, I have three sets of 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I'm yeah. Off here. yeah. And then it's over with, you know, and it's just uh, – I can't speak highly enough about it. And uh, Cody, you do uh, private sessions. Well, go ahead, man. I mean, what's your what's your rate? What are you going for? Um, private sessions with me cost fifty five an hour. Um, with that, you can get anything you want. I mean, if you're somebody that's trying to weightlift, I was a competitive powerlifter in high school, and obviously have a bunch of certifications and all that good stuff, which not a lot of the trainers are random boxing gyms around here can say right that their trainers are actually certified um and you know obviously we talked about my fight career so you, you're getting taught by somebody that's actually been punched in the face and punched people in the face yeah. um so i feel like that says something instead of going to some cardio fitness boxing class you're going to learn how to punch properly um and you're going to get in shape doing it you know it's a i like to think that most of my stuff has a nice balance between technique and like Brandon said, you know, like I walked him through some stuff that he was struggling with, but we still got a good workout out of it. Right. And um, I like to think that I walk that line pretty well where you're still learning some stuff, but we're getting a good workout at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just do that a little bit of everything. I have a nutrition certification too. I'm not, you know, I guess super crazy 
um, you know, TV status, biggest loser kind of stuff, but I'm, uh, I've got well, a long list. Those people die, of, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> they they really? apparently kill people. Yeah, apparently really? some of the biggest losers contestants not doing so hot. So, yeah, you focus so more safe. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You focus more on, like, what's practical. Yeah, lifestyle changes, yeah. man. Like, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all about balance, and, and I say it to everybody. Like, I'm not going to tell you if you're your, your girlfriend, your husband, your, your boyfriend, whoever. Uh, is taking you out on a Saturday night and they want cheesecake. Like I'm not going to yell at you the next Monday that I see you or our next session for having a slice of cheesecake. Life's all about balances. You right. Know? And like, you know, it's all right if you have a couple of drinks on the weekend and all that good stuff because I am human too. You right. Know? So it's all, it's about figuring everything else out in between. I think that's honestly a lot of what turns people away from doing it. You know, like, I mean, we're obviously a horrifically out of shape uh, country it's not a conspiracy theory. It's the real deal, you know? And I think that people see stuff on TV, you know, such as like fucking Biggest Loser or or they see, you know, the, the Peloton commercials, you know, and it's just like, well, that's not me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's goofy or, or whatever, you know? Like, and I think it turns people off from even trying, you know? Props to Peloton in general, and I've said this multiple times, they make a ton of money. Um, but I obviously don't have a desk job. I'm a personal trainer. But if I'm going to sit at a desk for eight hours, I'm not going to pay 58 fucking dollars to sit on a bike in one spot. Oh, I don't get it. A month. I don't understand what the thing is for that people. You're not going to, I'm not going to pay to do a spin class. I don't want to sit on my ass if I've been sitting on my ass at a desk for eight hours at an office job. Well, like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like spending an hour with an Applebee server that is now your trainer. All right, guys. We're going to do this. You know, like, yeah. I mean, as, as far as me and I think a lot of people I know would be like, what? Well, no, we're not. It's weird. Like when I'll run outside, like th running three miles to opposed to running on a treadmill. It's Ugh. a world of difference, Ugh. though, to me. Like yeah. I can barely make it through a mile and I'm like I, on a treadmill. And I'm just like, I don't want to. Oh, it's horrible. It, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I know, man. Um yeah, unfortunately, we do live in a state that it's not as easy to get outside and go do stuff. Like, I have friends in Colorado. I'm like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, we just went on a quick hike, and then we all met up at this bar. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But, uh, yeah, you do kind of have to fight for it. As far as, like, working out, it is it is tricky. But I, I couldn't recommend uh, McDoyle's gym enough. I can't say enough good things about it. And it's worked. I mean, proof was in the pudding. I'm, I'm 35 pounds lighter. Nothing was better than talking to your doctor. And I was like, yeah, my knee isn't bothering me as much. And he's like, uh, yeah. Cause you're not carrying around yeah. 35 you're, pounds you're of moving. extra weight. You're yeah. actually doing something. Yeah. So, uh, um, well, cool, man. Um, uh, I think we covered most of it. I, uh, I, I appreciate you coming down. I hope that uh, people listening will kind of look at look at the MMA world a little bit differently. I think it kind of gets branded with a little bit more brutishness that is maybe fair. I think that you see the promos on TV, you see um, you know the the big names and just everything that's involved in it, and it just kind of comes off as like being this broish, hyper you know masculine whatever whatever and. Uh, it, 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 it might come off on that as a surface level, but it's not pro wrestling. And it's definitely, you know, um, some of the nicest people I've met and worked with. I'm in the middle of it right now, you know, and uh, 
definitely a, a welcoming bunch. And not only that, um, it's it's not, you know, you might think that you have you have to prove something to somebody, like you're going to show up to the training session and I got to prove this to you. And it's like, no, you really don't. The, the biggest thing that you're proving anybody to is your own insecurities and yourself. You know, right. that's 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 what you're projecting on. The, My biggest thing that I'm just happy to see the person there. Right. That's, that's like the biggest Legit thing. Legit did not feel that at all. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was amazing. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing, too. And that's one of the things that I've loved about being a fighter. And we can even talk about. Well, actually, afterwards, I'm like, people. I'm actually going to talk about like how I need to get back in there. Because that was seriously like one of the like greatest experiences, like in the last like three or four months of working out, like going in there with you guys. Like, it's just like, how do I do that? Because I need more structure. Like other than running, there's only so much that I can do from like the cardio level. And there's like so much more to to it and i don't want to get a gym membership i know that you do both but like I has to get out of the house i know exactly <laughs> I mean, and i'm at a point too where i like yeah and it's so close to where i live too so well like, and i'm at a point where it's just like all right i want to get out of the house on a friday night is it hang out with brandon not so, the- well <laughs> well it's not so great and be like i'm gonna go sit at the bar with a bunch of sad fucks for two hours it's like no i'm probably gonna listen to this album you know what I mean? Or a podcast and like yeah. do something to make myself feel better, right, not right. worse, you know? Definitely. So it only makes sense. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, wrapping things up, uh, Mick Doyle's gym, 55 bucks, gets you a session with Cody, do a few sessions a month and you've got access to classes at the gym. Uh, I've done, uh, several classes there a lot. And, uh, it's it, it's worth it, and if you've got kids, especially the boxing classes, lots of kids, folks, and those coaches that work with the kids there, so good, so good. I mean, just really, really. I would say it's like sixty forty, like forty percent little kids. Yeah, no, in there definitely. Working, they got a lot you know? of young kids. We do like a six p.m. boxing class on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then they do it at they do a class at ten, and like. When they're behaving and on point and the kids are doing what they need to be doing, it's Paying pretty attention. impressive. Yeah. yeah. And for being, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Oh, there's some little killers in there. Yeah, definitely. Like, there are a couple of kids in front of it's like, oh, he's been here before, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, man. So funny. Um, well, cool, man. You guys got anything? Nothing. Just everybody tune yeah. in if you can't make it March 21st. March 21st. Um, also this weekend, check out the Dynasty uh the combat sports going on i think at the ramada yeah they said like the ramada plaza coco keys yeah formerly coco keys or whatever it is now yeah yeah whatever it is team doyle guys in there um yeah so check that out it's all easily accessible and uh check out cody's on instagram cody land mma and uh there you go all right thanks Thanks, guys guys.